0: Father God, I I do pray that you would uh, come rest upon us with your spirit this morning and that you would inspire us to be creative as you are, that you would inspire us to breathe life into the world, inspire us to create beauty in the world in a manner that testifies to your purposes in the universe and that testifies to what we can do when we give in to our story with you, in Jesus' name, we pray uh, in my uh, in my schoolboy uh, athletic days, I remember it was always a great compliment. if a coach would say about some athlete, uh, "Wow, that kid has no quit in him." You guys know that phrase? hear it sometimes around uh, around the athletic fields. Ah, that guys that guy didn't have an ounce of quit in him," which, you know presumably means that the athlete at issue is, is an athlete that is always pressing, that is always competing, always driving, right? Just like always trying really, really hard and, and not quitting uh, at all, uh, which is great. But I, I like the expression because it made it sound as if a person could have some quit, you know, as if quit was on a sliding scale. You know, it's not like, wow, that kid quits or wow, that kid doesn't quit. It's like, well, it's possible to have some quit, and, and that kid has no quit in him at all, but that kid over there has a little bit of quit. You know, it's like this much. And it comes out uh, sometimes. If you only have some quit in you, then you don't entirely bail on things. You know, you just, you just bail on things a little bit. Um, and when I think about it, I, I really think that that's most often how we do it. That's most often how we do quitting. We do quitting just a little bit at a time. That's life. Uh, That's life for for us humans. We just quit in little bits. And that's really what I want to talk about today. But first, we'll do some conditioning. We'll do some warm-ups because I, I feel like it, well, you're a little low energy today. Maybe it's because you know attendance is low, or because it's just been so gray for so long. So everybody, roll your shoulders. Give some high fives. If the person next to you is looking really unenergetic, then just go ahead and slap them upside the head. Just go ahead. You know, you can say, "Hey, Merry Christmas." We got to get some energy going. All right. Everybody say, "Can." Yeah. Can. Yeah. No can. Yeah. Can. Yeah. All right. Okay, that feels a little bit better. Uh, we're getting there. Let, since we're moving our hands, let, let's let's do this. Empowered life. Disempowered life. I don't care which hand you use. Your dominant left. Your dominant right. Whatever. Empowered life. Disempowered life. We have a choice, don't we? Empowered life? Disempowered life. Just turn to the person next to you and, and, and just do that. Hey, hey, empowered life? Disempowered life. Go ahead, preach. Preach a sermon. That's what that is right there. It's like, make it clear. Yo, hey, empowered life. Disempowered life. Put a little feeling in it. Put a little creativity and beauty in it. All right. I will. Uh, I will ask. I will ask somebody to demonstrate. Who wants to do it? Who wants to do it? Who? Uh, Jason wants to do it. We'll take. We'll take nominations from the floor. Oh. I, that moved me. I, I moved. That moved me. All right, great. Uh, let's do a fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. If you want something that you don't have, you should get it. That's what I'm talking about. Good. What else? If you want something you don't have, you should. Ask for it, ask like a boss. Some good answers in the crowd, sure. How about this one? If you want something you don't have, you should change the way you do things. Is that okay? You sound so surprised. Oh, that's good. I might be tricking you? We've been married for 25 years. She's on to me. All right. That's your conditioning for this week. That's your warm-up. Give yourselves a hand. Well done. You know, Jesus came to the world and he said, "Just I, I don't just call you to life. I call you to life abundantly. I call you to full, rich life. And, and one of the ways he does that is that he calls us to purpose, that he calls everyone to a meaningful life. Jesus never calls someone except that he calls that person to purpose. And that is abundant life in my way of thinking. Of course, the world is uh, a little bit messed up, or as we like to say, the world is filled with chaos. So if you are pursuing a meaningful life, if you are trying to live out your purpose, you will encounter lots of challenges, lots of chaos, which means that there will be (gasps) struggle. There will be lots of hard work, and one of the keys to you living out a life of purpose, therefore, will be your ability to handle struggle, and fatigue and, and disappointment, right? We have to get good at handling those things. Uh, you have to be able to handle fatigue and struggle if you want to live abundantly and purposefully. Uh, with that in mind, we get all sorts of little encouragements in the scripture. This is one of my favorites. It comes from the book of Galatians chapter six. And if you've been hanging around Scripture at all, this is probably one of those verses that you have some familiarity with because, it, you know, it's, it's so applicable that it's become super popular. This is Paul talking to uh, the young church in Galatia, in Asia Minor, what is like uh, Turkey today. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Hey, don't, don't give in to fatigue. Right? Do your purpose and don't peter out on it. Paul wouldn't have said don't peter out. That would have been an insult to Peter. <laughs> right? Stick to your purpose. Stick with it even if it's hard and don't quit. And, and uh, at the proper time, you know, you will reap a harvest. And he's making an agricultural metaphor, which was very popular in those days. Uh, so many people were involved in the agricultural life. It was like he was saying, look, you know, different crops mature at different rates. Uh, and, you know, seeds will germinate if you just don't give up on them. You know, you keep, keep cultivating uh, as, as best you can. Uh, you will receive a harvest at the proper time if you do not give up. Great, A great promise so much of that in the epistles in particular. You know the parts of the Bible? The New Testament begins with these uh, four books that we call the Gospels, and they're all stories about Jesus and teachings of Jesus. And then we move into a section that we call the epistles, which is a fancy word that means letters, and they're a collection of letters that early Christian leaders wrote to the early churches. And they're just filled with advice about doing what Jesus said, right? And this is a key piece of advice that you see popping up in all sorts of different ways, and different places. Look, you're gonna struggle. You're gonna struggle because uh, the world is chaotic. Stick with it, and things are gonna turn out fine. Just turn to somebody and say, you know, it's gonna turn out fine. A message that, in some way, I think is at the heart of the gospel. If you uh, if you think about it, uh, this this promise, you know you will reap a harvest if you don't give up, begs a question for me though, uh, you know, I do a little personal inventory when I read things like this, and the question is, well, what would make me give up, right? It's like, how, how do I get taken out of the game? Uh, and in thinking about it, I, I've come to understand that there's really kind of a, a more essential question for me, which is exactly how do I go about giving up? Because the way we do things um, sort of indicates what we tolerate and how we, how we operate. Uh, I think what often happens, again, is that we, we tend to give up in a way that makes it seem okay for us to give up even when we know it's not. I'll say that again. We tend to give up in ways that make it seem okay to give up even when we know it's not. What happens is we give up in pieces. We give up in little pieces. Because if we just quit entirely, we, we know that would be wrong. Right? So we don't totally give up. We just give up in bits and pieces in life. Uh, I, know that, I know that you haven't given up on life right? You're here, which is a really big indication that you actually haven't given up on life, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your struggles are. Congratulations, you haven't given up in life. Snaps to us. Go ahead. And I know, uh, if you've been hanging around blue water at all, that um, you are probably aware of your purpose in life, at least generally aware that you have a purpose in life, life. and I know that you haven't given up on your purpose. I know that you have not given up on a meaningful life, because you can't hang at Blue Water and give up on a meaningful life. We we make it too uncomfortable for you to do that, right? It's just not that kind of a community. Um, So, snaps to you uh, for that. And I know that, you know, if you're married, Uh, No matter what your struggles are, you have not given up on your marriage. I know that that you have not given up on your family, even though families often have some weird relationships, don't they? Uh, Often places where we can feel kind of stuck, but I know that you haven't given up on your family. But you might be giving up in relatively little ways in all of those areas. You might be giving up a little bit in life. You might be giving up a little bit on your purpose. You might be giving up in little places in your marriage or little places in your family. And those little quits can end up making a big impact on your life, particularly over time. Very few of us wake up and say, that's it, I'm giving up. Well, you might say that. But you don't really follow through on that sort of massive decision. Uh, but sometimes we get hopeless about things, and the way that we cope with our hopelessness is that we make small uh, compromises. And sometimes we do it half-consciously and half-unconsciously. You know, uh, my, my daughter and I have uh, Really been getting into uh, distance running and she got into cross-country this year so we've been training and I've been learning things on YouTube we've been doing drills and one of the things we do is that we drive through Manoa where we live and there are tons of joggers and tons of runners you see people from all the schools in the university and then a lot of people who are just trying to get fit and and we kind of look at them and say uh, that's not that's not really running we're, we're very very judgmental in, in other words you know you see when you, when you study how people stride when they run, or how they walk even, you realize that, oh, right there, they're totally giving up. You know, they, they're they just kind of stumbling instead of running. Now, on one hand, I'm thinking, you got out of bed, and you're running down the street, so kudos to you, you know. On the other hand, I think, well, there probably needs to be a mental adjustment there. It's like, you're willing to be uncomfortable, but not, you know. You're you're, f- you're flailing uh, around uh, uh, a little bit, and and then they end up hurting their body, you know. They get shin splints or knee problems. Right now, I have two torn meniscuses uh, because there was some sort of quit in my stride um, that created damage in my body. Are you getting the analogy? When we don't, we, we, we kind of don't quite follow through on things, right? And then things kind of get inefficient, and they fall apart, they get disintegrated, and we end up doing injury. Things get harder for us than, than they should be. Uh, you never checked out of life. You didn't, but you may have checked out on one or two things, and it's causing you some instability, some disintegration, and some trouble over time. These things sneak up on us small compromises can end up having big impacts. Uh, let's do a little diagnosis, uh, fill-in-the-blank exercise. I've known for a long time that I should, I've known for a long time that I should do, do you have something like that? Think about it for a second. I've known for a long time that I should do, and I'm not really doing it, you know, is the rest of that sentence, but have something like that, or, or maybe something like this. I've known for a long time that I should have in my life. I really feel like I should have, but that you don't. Anybody have any situations like that? Go ahead and give me an encouraging wave or something. I won't call on you and embarrass you much. Um, The way I think about it is if you don't do this thing that you feel like you should do, or you don't, you know, have this thing that you're quite certain that you should have. I mean sometimes we're not certain, but you know. There's this good thing that I need to have, I don't have it. There's this good thing that I should do, uh not doing it. Well, it's probably because you've given up some piece of it along the way. You know, you haven't given up the whole thing. You've given up in pieces. Uh, and and it's, it's hamstrung you, it's tripped you up, it's stalled you out. And that's, that's how the chaos gets us, right? That's how the enemy so often uh, gets us. There was some bit of it that you felt disempowered in. Right? And you quit, but just a little bit. Is this resonating with anyone? really resonates with me. I think it's a very typical human story. Uh, You quit on something just a little bit without totally quitting, and somehow that seems okay to you emotionally. Um, You stifled something good uh, when you did that. Uh, So this is what I do. If things are wrong in my life, You know, I feel like, uh, I don't know what's going on, but this just just doesn't feel right, this area of my life. This thing is not panning out the way that I think it it should. Then I ask myself, you know, okay, I know I didn't bail out on this thing, right? I I didn't quit entirely, but did I quit on some small piece of it without really noticing? And that phrase, without really noticing, is huge for me. Because I can make compromises that my awareness just sort of glosses over. That's why the little quits are so damaging, right? When we don't notice them, but they still affect our lives. Why do we do this? Why do we give up on pieces? Just to say it, I've alluded to it already. Uh, But these little quits are emotionally allowable when the big quits wouldn't be. Right? We can't really bail on our purpose. We can't really bail on our marriage. We can't really bail on our job. Not entirely. But you know, we feel hopeless. We feel fatigued. We feel like we're struggling. And so to comfort ourselves or to relieve the pressure a little bit, we just quit here in this little piece of it. And that's emotionally allowable because well, we're not quitting. We're, sh- we're here, right? You know, We're still at it. We're just doing this funny thing. You know, it's like we're running with only one arm swinging. But that's, that's okay, because we're running, right? I mean, we're out here. Eventually, that will hurt you. <laughs> but emotionally, you can justify it to yourself. Consciously or semi-consciously. You know, and again, these little quits are ways that we manage hopelessness, or a sense of disempowerment, or our stress. So, we don't you know, we're struggling in our marriage, but we're not going to divorce our spouse. We're just going to give up on intimacy. We're going to give up on partnership in the full way uh, that we once conceived. Uh, we don't give up on our purpose. We don't give up on ministry. We just give up on ministry you know, this year because it's such a busy year, you know, and it's just a year. So you know, delay is a huge manner in which we give up a little bit. You know, we're not, we're not abandoning it. We're just abandoning it for now. That's emotionally allowable, right? Delay is a huge one. We don't, we don't give up on our health. I mean, you know, we, we know we're, we're, we're committed to that. We just, we just don't exercise. That's all. You know, we, we know that we're carrying a little too much weight this year but, you know, we're just not following through on that healthy dinner plan that we had. You know, it's just one meal a the day anyway, um, because that's emotionally allowable. We're not quitters, uh, after all. Uh, we, don't, we don't give up on our job, we just give up on doing it well. You know, it's just this one thing that's really an unreasonable demand, frankly. Uh, we're not going to solve it, we're just not going to do it. And so, just this little, this little bit of quit, that's usually how it happens in our life. That's how it creeps up on us. We don't give up on God. We don't stop believing. We just give up on church, or we just give up on small group, or discipleship, or something like that. We're not quitters. We're just not doing this piece of it. That's usually how it sneaks up and gets us. You know, sometimes we don't give up on the things of God, really. We just give up on being, you know, that kind of person, that purpose-driven person, that full person that we feel like we should be. We're not going to be that person, but we're we're not giving up on the things of God, you know. I am all for going through the motions in life because I think showing up is 80% of anything, you know. So even if you have a little bit of quit in you and you show up, you are vastly better off than the person who doesn't show up at all. But if you feel stuck, then you check and say, I'm showing up, but have I a little bit of quit in me? Because that's usually the way that the enemy is going to uh, defeat you. Even among believers, you find uh, jaded people. You know, Have you ever met a bitter believer? Sure you have. I've often been one you know, jaded and bitter believers, they believe God exists. They just don't really believe that God rewards those who seek him to quote the scripture. You know, oh yeah, you know, God's, God's all that. He's great, uh, but yeah, not here in this piece. Not, not in this piece uh, of my, my life with him. He's got no solution for that and I'm quitting on him where that's concerned. You know, boy, I encounter this a lot. I'm not quitting on God, I'm just quitting on God with respect to this thing in my life. You know, that I'm just going to have to swallow and it's a defeat that I'm going to have to tuck away. Um, really applies to me because when I, when I struggle uh, in my faith life, that's how, that's how it works for me. I can be a very resolved person. You know, I, I would, I'll always be the last guy on the ship that's going down, you know. I am as faithful as the day is long. I am dogged uh, in, in every sense of the word, um, which is just a great strength in me, uh, tremendous you know, stamina in, in life. But what I often do is I'll give up on little things because while I have endless stamina, I do not have endless hope or endless faith. And so I often find myself in, the, in these situations where I'm still slugging, even though I've given up on the fight. Doesn't that sound weird? but maybe some of you relate. You know, I'm, I, am, I am resolved to the end. You know, but sometimes I'm like, I just wish the end would come because this isn't going to get any better. I've given up a little bit. I'm just still active. I can get in those situations all the time, and that's one way in which Satan turns my strength into kind of a curse, you know? I, mean, I get, I get upset. I get frustrated. I get angry about it. I just don't necessarily show it uh, so much. But I say things like, well, I don't need that then. I just don't need it. You know, I don't need that from you then, God. Uh, I'll be fine. And that's my way of saying I'm not going to try anymore. Just a little bit. Just, just a little bit of not trying. Now, there are times to give up in life. Um, and I think, uh, personally, I'm kind of a specialist on this. There are plenty of things that I've given up. There are times when you have to give up. So do it well when you do it. Uh, what happens is that when, there, when it's appropriate to give up on something because we're so emotional about it, we give up in pieces instead of giving it up wholly. You know, we neither try fully, nor do we stop and give up fully. We get stuck uh, in, in the middle. Uh, why? Because, I don't know, we're afraid of failure or we're afraid of making a mistake, which is a little bit like being afraid of failure. We hem and, and haw about things because we're, we're not, you know, strong and decisive enough to just cut it off, just leave it. Uh, when we should. A lot of people are just never comfortable with a big decision. They don't have enough confidence. They don't feel enough grace from the Lord or something like that. So we get stuck sort of limping through things that we know we should give up on but we're afraid to do it. That can happen too. Um, So we get stuck in no man's land and we waste a tremendous amount of energy. If it's time to put it away, you have to put it away. Uh, and and, you know Jesus talks about this. He says to his disciples the first time he sends them out, look guys, go out there to all the villages that I haven't been to yet and when you show up, preach that the kingdom of heaven is near. Tell them a little bit about my message and and what I do and then heal a bunch of people and raise the dead and cast out demons and stuff like that and if you do that well, then they'll feed you and you'll live. Um, That was sort of the plan of the first time Jesus sent his disciples out without him. But he added at the end of that But if they do not receive you in the villages to which you go, then shake the dust off your feet as a judgment against them and leave town. He gave them instructions for how to give up. says when you give up, when you're rejected, when really there's nothing more than you can do, don't just quietly go away. No, make a whole ceremony of of the giving up. Do it massively. Massively give up. You know, publicly. With pomp and circumstance. And I just love that because people are so bad at failure. You know, but we all fail. It's just most of us suck at it. And so he gave them them explicit instructions. Remember, um, uh, a big portion of my life I spent in sort of higher academia. I planned to be a policy analyst or a professor or something like that. And I was doing that for a while. And then for various reasons, it became clear to me that this is a part of my life that I need to give up. You know, and it was quite a struggle for me. It was very emotional and I had, a, a, although I didn't really do a, a great job in all of it, that was uh, the years in which I was also very, very depressed and it was a huge complicating factor and stuff like that, when it, I, I finally said, look, this is a mode of life that I need to give up on. Uh, I had sense enough to know if I'm going to give up on it, I need to give up on it massively. I need to do this giving up, I need to do this quitting really, really well. Uh, So uh, I was at uh, Harvard at the time, I was a a research fellow, it's called, at one of the think tanks at at Harvard, and we had this end-of-the-year banquet uh, where everybody sort of shared what they were going to do next year, and even people that were struggling came up with some story. And so the director of the institute asked me what I was going to do, and so I said, oh, I'm going to go become a rock and roll musician. I was actually producing an album for a friend at the time, so I thought that's not even a lie, really. Kind of, you know. <laughs> and one of my favorite memories of my years at Harvard was this you know, sort of, you know, this Tweedy, the the director of the institute, it looked exactly like a director of a research institute at Harvard should look, you know, that kind of guy. He stood up and he said, well, so-and-so is going to work in Washington, D.C., so-and-so is working on the staff here, and, and so-and-so is becoming a professor here, so-and-so will return to our research institute. And, and uh, Dr. Jordan saying, will be pursuing a career in rock and roll. <laughs> and there's just this great moment where it's like some people were just like busted out laughing and some people were like I really don't know what to do right now. Nobody has ever done this before at Harvard. Um, and, and, you know, And I walked away. It was sort of surreal walking away from that but I thought that went well, I think. <laughs> I can never go back to that place. I have quit, and then I went home, and um, I gathered up all my notes and all my books from years in academia, you know. Undergraduate years, I had graduate years, I had master's work, I had PhD level work, I had a couple years just in the professional field, you know, just tons of uh, books and notes and, and things that I had, had written, and I put them all in cardboard boxes, and I took them out to the sidewalk on the right day, and I waited for the garbage truck to come. And the garbage truck showed up, and I just watched the guy load literally hundreds of pounds of my work and, and my life into it. And I just sort of sat there, and he exchanged a few glasses with me, and I waved at him. Put it all, and then I heard the thing come down. And then I saw the garbage truck drive away. I'll never forget that moment, you know, because what it said is, I'm done, I'm done. So freeing, you know, so helpful. I quit massively. I shook the dust off my feet. I made a judgment and I can never go back. You know, uh, burn bridges. Not. I'm not saying that you have to. I'm not saying you have to be as weird as I am. Some of you could do with being a little less weird, but that's another sermon. But if you're gonna quit, quit. You should be empowered about the way that you do it, Um, because quitting, quitting is hard. Or uh, I will say it this way: Never quit without noticing. Never quit on anything. Never quit on something without noticing. If you're gonna quit, publish a notice. And then that really helps you navigate the situation. Because if you quit big and it's wrong to quit, you will know. If you quit without noticing, if you quit in little bits and pieces, then you'll get yourself in all sorts of trouble. Because you'll quit on things that you shouldn't quit on. Uh, so if it's time to quit, make a deal of it. Um, go public. How do you know when it's really time to quit? You know, and it's hard to know. I don't, I don't think that I have all the answers. But, you know, a few things I'll say. Don't quit just because it's hard. And that's really what the verse from Galatians is about. You know, don't, don't grow weary in doing good things. Right? If they're worth doing, then you do them. But what if it's hard and I get tired and disappointed? If they're worth doing, they're worth doing. You know, you stick with it. And if God sponsored it and the Lord is with you in it, right, if this is the thing, if this is your purpose, then you just keep doing it. How long? Forever. And at the proper time, you know, trust the Lord. There will be, there will be a harvest, you know, guaranteed. So don't quit just because it's hard. Um, You might quit when things are inappropriately fruitless, you know, when there really is nothing more than you can do, that you can do. Uh, Then that may be a good time to quit. But again, a lot of us just need to change the way we do things. That's why I did this little exercise. I'm asking God for breakthrough here. I'm asking God for breakthrough here, and it's just not happening, therefore I should quit. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's have a talk first. Can you do it differently differently? And that's a stage that some of us don't get to. But if you can't do it differently, it's like, no, actually, you know, I've, tr- I've tried this six different ways, and it might be time for me to shake the dust off my feet, right? That happens in life. It happens. It's happened to me plenty of times. And if that's the case, then, then do it in a, in a big way. Um, so if there's nothing more that you can do, yeah, then, then think about it. Uh, you can quit on something when it's interfering with your fruitfulness elsewhere. You know, we get in those situations in your life, in life when it's like, I'm working really hard here, but really it's like totally detracting from here, and here is more important. And that could be a very appropriate time to quit on something. There are times when we quit on good things in order to do greater things. And that's perfectly justifiable in kingdom logic. Perfectly justifiable. Perfectly justifiable. Mostly, uh, that's uh, how I've experienced quitting in life. Jesus tells uh, a great parable about this. He says, it's like a, it's like a vine. And what the farmer does is, vi- is the farmer prunes the vine. Right, You have to cut away some branches so that the fruit has room to grow, gets the appropriate amount of nourishment. Any of you garden? All right, me and you, we'll have this talk later. Um, Yeah, you uh, you have to prune branches to get maximum crop. The Lord will ask you to eliminate some good things in order to make space for greater things. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Or you can quit when God directs. If God tells you to quit something, quit something. uh, And then quit it in in a big way. Here's how not to give up in pieces, though. Get back to our original point. And uh, this is what we'll end on today. The trick is that we give up in pieces and we don't notice that we're doing it. Um, So a lot of this is about noticing what's going on. Uh, Trick number one is kind of my trick for everything. So uh, you should already have a page in your notes for this one. Have routines for doing the good things that you feel like you should do in your life. And if you have routines for doing it, then you know when you're not doing them. You know, if I have a a weakness uh, in my life, if I have a weakness uh, in you know my daily office life, or if I have a weakness in in uh, my marriage or something like that. About the first thing I do is I make a routine for addressing that weak spot, so that I don't quit on it. You know, and if I have a routine for it, a daily or a weekly routine, then at least I know when I'm not following through on it. You know, and I can catch myself. You know, I'm not going to quit on it without noticing. So. I make a routine, I make, make a pattern, and I've become a very structured guy uh, that way. And you know, there are really structured people, and there are less structured people. There are type A, type B. Type B needs to be better at routines than type A. Um, because we need help. Um, we had a, an exercise that we did last week. I said, what's the thing that you ought to do this week? Remember that? How many of you did that exercise? How many of you did the thing? How many of you didn't do the thing? Okay, so, uh, more of you, I didn't do it and most of you uh, refused to answer me, which is, I think at this point, fully justifiable. Um, But if you didn't do it, I bet it's not because you decided not to do it. Right? You didn't say, I'm not going to do this thing. In other words, you didn't quit in a big way. The reason you didn't do it is because you quit in tiny bits. Right? There was some vagueness around it, and chaos always thrives in, in vagueness. So uh, whether you succeeded or failed at that exercise, let it be an object lesson uh, in your life. Uh, tip number two, uh, ask, what would Jesus think about this? What would Jesus think about uh, this behavior? What would Jesus think about this situation? I realize that I'm supposed to say, what would Jesus do? For whatever reason, I find it more fruitful in my life to, to ask, what would, what would Jesus think? because then it i don't know it somehow automatically creates a conversation between me and Jesus. Wow. I think I think you would think this. Are you thinking this, you know, and the, and then we have we have a talk about it. And and very often he doesn't say anything. He just does that Jesus thing. You know what I'm talking about? I'm like, "Well, what do you think about this?" and he just gives me one of these. <laughs> do you know that? Do you know that conversation? Have you ever had that conversation with him? So what would Jesus think often you know, snaps me into realization. It's like, ah, uh, I think I'm compromising here. I think like, he wouldn't be pleased about this situation, so let me take another run at it. If I don't have what I think I should have, I probably need to change the way that I'm doing things in some fashion. Then I'll come up for a routine that addresses it, and then I'm golden, and that's why my life is perfect. <coughs> yeah. Um, More generally, I ask myself, where do I feel disempowered? In fact, ask yourself that right now. Where in my life do I feel disempowered? Where do you feel hopeless? About what thing do you feel hopeless? And there's a high probability that in that area, you have given up a little bit. Just a little bit. And so, That's a good thing for you to concentrate on, that area of your life. That's how not to give up in pieces. What I'm talking about is so much different than speck picking. I just want to make that clear uh, here at the end. You know what speck picking is? Speck picking is when you look at someone else's life or at your life and you try to sift out tiny little sins. I'm not really talking about sins per se. I'm not talking about those little immoral things that you do to feel comfort when you need it or something like that. What I'm talking about is just little quits. I'm not, well, I mean, it's a type of sin in that you're quitting on things that you ought to do. He who knows what he ought to do and does not do it, as the teaching goes, has sinned just as much as someone who's uh, committed some foul play. I'm looking for little quits. So this isn't like a moral inventory. It's about empowered life or disempowered life. And if we want an empowered life, we need to get really good at avoiding the little quits. Because the little quits are usually the thing that wipes us out. I like the promise, though. I like the promise. If we don't grow weary in doing good, if we stick with it, if we don't quit, if we don't fade away with little quits then we will reap a harvest at the proper time. Period. Full stop. I like that very much. You will reap a harvest. And if you have trouble believing that, if you have trouble believing that you will reap a harvest, you've probably quit somewhere. You've probably made some sort of little emotional deal. Not a big one, because you would have noticed that. Some some little one. Some little one. You will reap a harvest. How many of you believe that? How many of you would like to believe that? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would uh, be the counselor that Jesus promised you would be for us. I pray that you will remind us of the things that Jesus taught and that you would point out Maybe some little ways in which we've quit. We've got a little quit in us. The little places, the tiny little deals that we've made for the sake of emotional convenience. Speak, Lord. We're listening. You know, it's kind of good news that we've only quit a little bit, and, uh, and the Lord is not angry with us uh, if, if we have. This is not a sermon about judgment. This is just good news that we can be more empowered. We can have the empowered life that the Lord has appointed for us. So let's celebrate that as we take communion this morning.